0: Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, July 6th. 5:57 5:57 a.m. central time as i speak here. December corn futures unchanged at 578 and a half. November soybeans up 11 and a half at 1327 and a half. September Chicago wheat up 16 at 823. September Kansas City wheat up 10 and a half at 872 and a half. September spring wheat up 3 cents at 893. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it, leave me a rating, leave me a review if you have not already. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, we're getting close to 6,000 subscribers. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, like these videos, leave me a comment, uh, give me a crop update, let me know what's going on in your neighborhood. If you'd like some additional assistance from me, guys, uh, go to my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email has been going out about 5.30 a.m. Central Time, ton of information in there, overnight headlines, charts, graphics, weather info. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this deal. Yesterday, I talked about the corn and crude oil relationship, how these markets have kind of been uh, tied together on and off throughout the years and some uh, specific circumstances. If you guys are interested in this sort of stuff, uh, sign up today. 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. Commodity markets in general fell sharply yesterday. The Bloomberg Commodity Index, which tracks a basket of commodities, uh, lost 4.5%. That's a really big move. Spot month WTI crude oil futures lost nearly $9 per barrel. They fell below 100 bucks for the first time since May. A lot of your uh, soft commodities outside of corn, soybeans, and wheat fell also. Precious metals, base metals under a lot of pressure. This appears to be a broad-based liquidation event across the commodity sector, and I suppose it's fueled by recession fears. Maybe it's an unwind of the re- inflation trade. I- I've heard it discussed that way. But in any case, the selling in commodities is not just confined to corn, soybeans, and wheat. There are some uh, larger factors at play here. And yeah, weather is probably part of it. I, I talked about you know the rains that have-, have come through with the corn belt and the rains that are in the forecast. And that stuff's not bullish, but I'm not sure that you can necessarily uh, say that the the dollar and a half we just lost in new crop corn futures is is all attributed to weather and i can't quantify that i can't tell you how much of that is weather and how much of it is commodity liquidation but i'd venture to say that a good chunk of it is just broad-based commodity liquidation uh, concerns regarding demand for these commodities moving forward because of the recession possibility. So this is this is something that's occurring across a lot of different commodity markets. There, there, were, there was a derecho storm that blew across South Dakota, Southern Minnesota, and Iowa yesterday. Winds up to 99 miles an hour noted in some areas. I don't think most areas saw winds that high. Uh, damage noted in many areas. I'm not sure of the extent. If you guys have some details about damage to grain elevators or storage or crop damage. uh, Drop it in the YouTube uh, comments here. The storm did bring rains to a pretty big band uh, through South Dakota, through the Iowa-Minnesota border into uh, the Illinois-Wisconsin border. This is the last 24 hours on my screen here of rainfall. And a lot of those peripheral areas outside of the big storm band caught rains as well. So the rains certainly welcome, uh, the wind not so much welcome, of course. Radar this morning, you've got some rain over Nebraska, eastern Nebraska, uh, northern Kansas, a little bit. Uh, Some small stuff over Illinois, northern Indiana, uh, parts of Ohio caught some rain here into this morning. So this is all welcome. These areas in the central and eastern Corn Belt in particular have been on the drier side uh, certainly over the next seven days. Uh, rains are expected across a lot of areas. It's not a super widespread like sweeping system, but uh, there's rainfall chances for a lot of areas of the central and eastern Corn Belt, uh, more chances for Iowa, Minnesota, maybe on the drier side. And then the plains kind of a mixed bag, southern plains, really not much, maybe some more rain for Nebraska, Uh, uh, scattered stuff in the Dakotas for the most part, your six to 10 and eight to 14 day maps kind of hinting at below normal precipitation. And I've been told that this time frame, from, you know, say the 10th through the 20th Maybe could be really important this year. The crop's a little bit late, and that we may need to see some rains during that time frame. So you could maybe read this as being a supportive factor if we turn dry during that time frame. But uh, these forecasts, of course, subject to change. The six to ten and eight to fourteen day also kind of pulling out some of the heat, and you're talking more normal temperatures for a lot of the corn belt, barring maybe the northern plains or far western areas. And the southern plains uh, may stay warm as well. We had our crop progress report yesterday. Uh, corn crop rated 64 percent good to excellent, down from 67 last week. Now below the 67 percent average. In regard to corn conditions, you saw declines noted in Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Nebraska, Kentucky, Tennessee, Kansas, and Colorado states with a good to excellent rating below 50 percent include Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, North Carolina, Texas, and Colorado. Uh, the corn crop is 7 percent silking nationally versus four last week and 11 on average. Soybean conditions also find 63% good to excellent down from 65 last week, right on par with the 63% average. Uh, In regard to beans, you've got a a few states with a rating of 50% good to excellent or worse. Those states include Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, and North Carolina. USDA says that 16% of that soybean crop is blooming versus seven last week, 22 on average. U.S. winter wheat harvest ahead of schedule 54% harvested nationally, up from 41 last week, ahead of the 48% average. You've got a handful of states that are 80% harvested or more. Uh, Those states include Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, and Illinois. Spring wheat crops saw a big improvement in ratings, uh, 66% good to excellent, up from 59 last week, way ahead of the 56% average, so spring wheat up north uh, looking quite a bit better. That crop's only 20% headed versus 57 on average, so it is behind. Wheat acres in Canada will be the highest in nine years. Stats Canada pegged all wheat plantings at 25.4 million, up from the April estimate of 25 even. This is going to represent a 9% increase in uh, all wheat acres versus last year. Spring wheat acres accounted for the increase. Durham acres will actually be down versus spring intentions. Canola acres in Canada estimated to be down 5% versus last year. The cattle market uh, attempted to rally early yesterday. It sold off, finished the day lower, along with a lot of other commodity markets. Uh, the hog market exhibited some independent strength yesterday. The dollar is higher this morning. Uh, ahead of the cash open, the S&P's down six points. The Dow's down 40. Bond's off a little bit. Gold's down two bucks. Crude oil up 37 cents in the August WTI at 99.87. Have a great day, guys. I will talk to you same time tomorrow.